0: Hello, dear listeners, it's your MC, Caitlin, here with my usual pre-show content warning. There are some body transformations that border on body horror this episode, as well as guns, bloody violence, and werewolves having snacks where snacks is people. Proceed however you please, knowing that is coming up. We open in a dark room, a single light bulb, the only source of light, casting shadows onto the cinder block walls. In the middle of the room, duct tape over her mouth and zip tied to the arms of the chair, with blood dripping down the side of her face, sits an unconscious cast DeWitt. As footsteps are echoing down the staircase, her eyes flutter open, out of focus as she tries to find the source of the noise. A hand in a black leather glove comes out from the shadows and grabs her shoulder. As a stony voice says, you're going to tell me about the targets you've been investigating. And we cut back to the penthouse, where Alex, Victor, and Alistair have found themselves in a standoff. With Kyle Swin, a human who made a pact with a demon, as well as two demons and two hunters from the brigade. What are you all doing?
1: I
2: would like to go ahead and use one of my hold to uh, use my foresight spell.
0: Our camera zooms in onto Alistair and turns around as it moves into his perspective, everything taking a slightly out-of-focus glint. Alistair, there are a lot of options here. You see a lot of different ways that this fight could go, and in many of them, it doesn't go well for you, and it's one of the demons who gets you.
2: Now, when you say doesn't go well for you, is that me specifically or the general you?
0: Alistair, you specifically. Gotcha. So take plus one forward in trying to fend off demons. Can do. What do
3: y'all want to do? I'm just going to kind of look over at the uh, the brigade fellows and look between the demons and the werewolf and the wizard. Master of the arcane arts. Right. And these two guys with guns and just kind of, you know, I've been where you're standing right now. I was once just a guy. In the middle of a bunch of arcane bullshit. And let me tell you, it does not go well for you. Maybe you should reconsider whether you want to be here right
0: now. Rule to persuade NPCs with threats. That is a 10. The two brigade hunters look at each other, and then one of them just goes, Yeah, fuck this shit, I'm out. Fatima doesn't pay us enough. And they both just bolt. I don't know how they're getting out of there. They're going to, oh, yeah, they're going to take the fire staircase. They're not going to wait on the elevator. They, they're just bolting.
3: And uh, with that, I'm just going to kind of twirl the broken end of chair that I'm still holding at the demons. Well, how's it going?
2: Alistair, I like to imagine is sort of like between Victor and Alex. He looks on each side of him and just says, well, my friends, I believe we're at an even fight here. And he's going to try to lightning blast one of the demons.
0: All right. Are you going for Kyle? Are you going for Medea, who is the snake demon or the um, guy demon? He definitely transformed while you were making that statement. He is kind of like Scorpion-esque. Like a stinger comes out from behind his back and another pair of arms appear like burst out with pinchers.
2: Medea is the one that ganked me in the elevator, right?
0: Yes, she is the one who ganked you in the elevator.
2: Yeah, she's getting lightning.
0: Okay, how does that spell work?
2: I get to spend one hold to use Unleash with my magic as a weapon. If I have my focus, it will be a plus one harm, which would bring the total up to four harm, assuming I hit.
0: All right, go ahead and roll to Unleash.
1: And that's a seven.
0: So on a hit, you inflict harm as established and choose one.
1: I think you could kill them if you take the uh, inflict terrible harm.
0: That is assuming that they don't have armor.
1: Yeah, I'm still
2: going
0: with that one. I'm shooting her with a lightning
2: gun in the face.
0: All right. And then on a seven and nine, you get to choose one from below as well. Either they inflict harm on you or you find yourself in a bad spot.
2: I'll take that bad spot.
0: Alistair, you level your gun, pull the trigger. And what does your lightning look like?
2: It's uh, like a flash of... Bright white light around the edges is a sort of purpley hue, and it just sort of arcs out from the gun straight into her face.
0: All right. So it arcs out from the gun straight into her face. And as it like makes contact, you hear like a swear in a demonic language, see kind of like a pentagram appear beneath her, and she like disappears. But you were so focused on that, you missed Kyle dive-bombing you from behind. You can't do anything about it, but Victor or Alex might be able to. I'm going to give Victor for a shot at that, obviously.
4: Yeah, I'd love to step in. I'm just going to take my revolver and just fan the hammer and unload into the demon that's coming at Alistair.
0: Victor, roll to unleash an attack.
4: That is a six.
0: Okay, I'm going to assume that... Alex is not lending a hand then, due to the quiet.
4: No,
3: I think I definitely am. I was just seeing if, for for some reason, uh, Victor was in my web, which unfortunately I don't think he is right now. Nope. Oh well. And that's an eight.
0: On a hit, give them a plus one to their roll. And on a seven to nine, you expose yourself to danger, entanglement, or cost. So, Victor, that brings you up to a seven. So, on a hit, you inflict harm as established. So, how much harm does your gun do?
4: My gun does two harm.
0: Good. Okay, and then choose one.
4: I'm going to take something from them. I'm going to take their attention. They're not going to be fighting uh, Alistair anymore. He's going to be fighting me.
0: Okay. And on a seven to nine, choose one from below as well. They either inflict harm on you or you find yourself in a bad spot.
4: Let's take that harm.
0: You shoot Kyle a few times and mid dive, he turns towards you. and dive bombs you instead his claws digging into your chest as he pushes you down to the ground i need you to take to harm you got it and alex you turned your attention to like help victor how did you lend a hand with victor yeah so
3: uh as victor was going to fire at kyle i think alex just saw that he was slightly off and reached that stick over to push his uh his firing line up a little bit. <laughs> Just nudge it straight up. I love it. So he did have to kind of take his eyes off.
0: Yes. And as you took your eyes off the other demon, that one moves incredibly fast. You feel like the prick of his stinger in your shoulder. And I need you to take take one harm. And it burns.
3: Oh this again. Uh, so I think when I feel that sting in my shoulder, I am just going to reach over, grab his tail, and try and yank that stinger off.
0: Roll to unleash an attack. That's an eleven. All right. So on a hit, you inflict harm as established, and choose one. I want to
3: take his stinger.
0: And what you just do one harm.
3: Yeah. So I'm basically just going to reach over and like crush the end of his tail, and then just look at him. I will be with you in a moment.
0: So you crush the end of his tail. Yank his stinger off. There's like a spray of acid and blood as you yank it off. That kind of like follows the trail of the yank. Alistair, you're able to sidestep it.
2: I was going to ask if there was anything I can dive behind.
0: Go ahead. Do you want to try to escape a situation or keep your cool? Keep your cool to dive behind something. That's a 10. Yeah, you're able to avoid this. You dive behind like one of the couches. So we have D Stingered, the scorpion demon, and Kyle dive-bombed and has his claws dug into Victor. So let's go see what's going on with Silk.
1: I think Silk is just riding up the elevator listening to the elevator music. Is this violence and stuff happening just outside the elevator?
0: Yes, it's like literally the room that it opens into.
1: Alright. The door opens and
0: Oh, um, did I come
4: at a bad time? I could come again later. I'm going to call out to Silk. Make sure Alistair gets out of here. I'm not defenseless, you know.
2: As if to prove his point, Alistair is going to send out a, uh, his last lightning blast at the uh, scorpion demon boy.
0: Roll to unleash.
2: That's not high. It's a six. I would love to help you out with that, if
3: that's okay. Because I'm holding him, and as I see the shot going wide, I'm going to try and pull him in front of it.
0: All right. Roll to Linda Hand. That is a ten. We get that angry shot that's just off a little bit. And then Alex shoving the scorpion demon into the way, able to gracefully also sidestep the magic that's coming in. When that magic makes contact, a similar looking pentagram appears beneath him and he disappears.
3: And I think at that point, I just look to Aster, then look to Victor. I am taking both of you to a firing range.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Victor, you have... A demon boy with his claws dug into your chest.
4: Oh yeah, now it's a fight. And Victor is going to like close his eyes and try to let it out.
0: All right, roll to let it out.
4: That is an 11. I'm going to take definite hold of something vulnerable or exposed. That would be uh, my human form. I'm going to shift a couple hours early, folks. And also I'm going to use regeneration to uh, heal one harm.
0: Victor, describe what your transformation looks like, please.
4: So Victor starts out tall, just in his human form, and he just gets bigger uh, as a werewolf. His chest expands, his neck, his arms, and as he does so, he, like, fur just pops out of all parts of his body, and he grabs the demon and, like, bucks him off and, like, turns around and snarls.
0: Let's have some fun. Do you have to do something when you transform?
4: I do. I have to either...
0: Roll to keep your cool or declare a hunt.
4: Yeah, I'm just going to declare a hunt. Kyle's my hunt.
0: Is there any mechanics that go with declaring a hunt?
4: Yeah, I mark corruption.
0: So Silk, Alex, and Alistair, I don't think any of you have seen... Victor transformed before. Like, you might have seen him transformed, but not see him transform, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. I i feel like I am definitely familiar with this process, though.
0: Okay. Alistair and Silk, how are you all reacting? I think
2: Alistair, like, he'd popped up to fire off that last lightning bolt. I think he just sort of, like, retreats back behind the couch again.
1: Silk is just, oh, so that's how that works. I was wondering what they did with their clothes.
3: I think I might actually try and grab Alistair and move towards the elevator. Trust me, he's got this and you don't want to be here when it's over.
0: Roll to escape a situation. Roll with blood. That is an eight. So, unless Alistair fights you, Alistair gets to go out with this escape.
2: Yeah, he's not fighting this.
0: So, on a seven to nine, you get to choose two from the list.
3: I think... I do owe someone a debt for my escape, and I think that's Victor. And I think I'm going to be giving into my base nature here and
1: marking corruption.
0: All right. Silk, you are still like not totally out of the elevator yet.
1: Yeah, uh, Silk is actually stepping into the room. Things are only getting interesting.
0: So Silk steps into the room as Alistair and Alex step into the elevator, and we get that kind of like nice pan shot back towards victor and kyle locked in combat and then i want to see what's going on with jeremiah while all of this funness is going down
5: he's gonna head over to the mercier building and meet up with silk
0: oh yeah that's right because silk had told you that he was going up there so i feel like you probably get into the lobby at the same time that maybe for convenience sake alistair and alex are coming out due to dramatic plot timing
5: Jeremiah will uh, pause, seeing as they look quite roughed up, and, um, I guess usher them towards his car for a quick getaway.
2: Yeah, if I may, I like to imagine that, like, Alistair has his arm hooked around Alex. Yeah, that's fine. And then, like, as they're walking out, he just reaches out with his other arm and does the same to Jeremiah, and he's like, uh, you don't want to go in there. It's probably going to be fine.
5: Oh, uh, yes, given you're in current state, I do believe I also don't want to go on there. So how about we get quite away from here quickly? That would be fantastic. Yes. And I kind of look over at Alistair.
3: There was a point to me getting you out of there, by the way.
2: Other than the
3: uh, wooden stake. And I uh, hold up Cass's journal. I need you to
2: find someone. Yes, yes. Uh, leave it with me in the backseat. I'll see what I can do. And uh,
3: yeah, I'll just get in the backseat with with Alistair because Alex is actually very worried
5: about this. All right. Uh, Jeremiah will uh, take off and head to a Waffle House. Oh, yeah, let's head to a Waffle House. No one's going to question anything there. I figured it'd be the best place to like park two bloody disheveled individuals.
3: Yeah, look, nobody ever asks questions at Waffle House.
2: I mean, it's pretty much the only place where two guys covered in blood can walk in with guns and nobody's going to question it. Let's be honest. Alistair's the only one with a gun here. It was either a Waffle House or a Denny's. (laughs) No, no, Waffle House it is.
0: So as the three of you drive off to Waffle House, we're going to cut back to Victor and Silk so we can get this fight wrapped up, hopefully.
1: Silk is just watching unless uh,
4: someone tries to draw him into this.
0: All right. Sorry, Victor. What are you doing?
4: Victor is just going to rush Demon Kyle again and just like grab him by shoulder and side of the head, just expose the neck and just rip into his collar and uh, shoulder with his teeth.
0: Roll to unleash an attack.
4: That is a nine.
0: Silk, I'm assuming you're still spectating.
1: Mostly spectate. I'm also walking around the room looking at interesting things going on.
0: Just want to establish that you're not going to try to lend a hand and see if you can get that to a 10.
1: Unless I find a reason to step in. He looks like he has it handled. Victor's not going to ask for help at this time.
0: No. So on a hit, you inflict harm as established, and in choose one, you either inflict terrible harm or take something from them.
4: I would love to inflict terrible harm. My shifted harm is three.
0: Okay, so that's four harm. And then on a seven to nine, you choose one from below as well. They inflict harm on you, or you find yourself in a bad spot.
4: Yeah, I'll take the bad spot this time.
0: So you... Are able to do what you said. You know, you got Kyle pushed back, the throat exposed, ripping into his collarbone. And as you're, like, attached to him, he takes advantage of that situation to project himself forward and out of the window with you still attached to him. He can fly.
4: Fantastic. This is so good.
0: What do you want to do as you are dangling from a demon? Many, 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 many stories in the air.
4: Victor just thrashes his head back and forth as he's connected to important muscle groups and connected to one of those wings and i'm just going to try and attack again
0: all right roll to unleash an attack
4: that's another nine
0: do you inflict terrible harm or take something from them
4: i want to take his ability to fly well
0: that follows and then on seven to nine choose one from below
4: i'd like the idea of taking the harm here
0: as you are thrashing against him you feel like scratches and stabs as he's trying to get you off of him like it's very jerky in the air and you did three harm right correct and like you feel your teeth go through some tendons you hear something snap and you take the two harm from like getting scratched and stuff but then he goes limp and the two of you start plummeting did
4: did you need help (laughs) You do not get an answer
0: And as we get that shot Of Victor And the limp, lifeless Kyle We cut over to Waffle House
5: Jeremiah will be bringing His uh, fully stocked first aid kit in with him that he keeps under his uh, Passenger seat
0: A waitress walks up To the three of you Who I'm assuming sat in a booth Somewhere, because that's all Waffle House Has is booths and bar seats Definitely Booth. Uh, What can I get you all today?
5: Coffee.
2: The strongest coffee you have. As quickly as you can get it out, please. Uh, Black coffee and hash browns.
0: All right. I'll be back. She like literally didn't even look at the three of you.
5: Jeremiah is going to try and patch Alistair up. At least a little bit.
0: Roll to keep your cool. Maybe. I don't know. Are are you, like, well-experienced in first aid?
5: I've taken a couple of courses.
0: Thematically, you go ahead and patch him up. I don't know, like, unless you have a move that's going to let you heal him. Like, if Alistair takes it kind of easy the rest of the day, he'll take, heal harm. But things will not be actively getting worse.
5: Cool. Uh, then he'll look over at Alex. Uh, did you need something
3: to eat? Alex is just kind of, like, drumming on uh, his fingers on the table. Looks very
2: distracted, and then kind of looks back over at Jeremiah. (sighs) Jeremiah, my dear friend, I don't think they, uh, serve very much on his menu here.
5: Jeremiah will briefly close his eyes and just rub his temple.
2: He's a, uh, vegetarian, you know.
5: There is... Such a thing as subtext and allusions, Alistair, I'd assume as a a master of the arcane arts, you'd be familiar with such things.
2: Well, yes, that's why I called him a vegetarian instead of a blood-sucking leech.
0: The waitress sets down the coffees on your table and the plate of hash browns.
3: Thank you, dear. I'll be fine.
5: Jeremiah will uh, look Alistair up and down and shrug his shoulders. And enjoy some terrible, terrible coffee. One thing that I do want to do
3: is kind of very pointedly, uh, as Jeremiah is patching up Alistair, not to be insistent, Mr. Lockwood, the time I suspect is of the essence.
5: Yes, yes, the journal. Yes, he did mention you to uh, find someone. I know a couple people more specialized in this matter.
3: Time is of the essence, and I trust
5: Alistair with this.
2: I would like to channel up my magic in this Waffle House booth.
0: All right, channel up your magic in this Waffle House booth.
2: That's a six.
0: Doesn't channeling have a miss condition?
2: Yeah, on a miss, hold one, but I can't channel again in this scene. So. Ah, fuck. I was going to actually use more channeling in this scene, but apparently I can't. So yeah, Alistair is going to sort of. Say his incantations under his breath, channel up his magic, and reach out a hand for what Alex wants him to use. And I'm just going to hand him Cass's notebook.
0: Alistair, when you are handed Cass's notebook, everything goes kind of weird for a moment. You at first get a picture in your mind of Saint Fleur from the early days when it was still getting established. You see like the church that's now the church in five points being built. You hear kids laughing, horses, chickens, all of that very kind of old feel. And then it all kind of shifts. And for a minute, you're still seeing the church in five points Like, as it is today. And then it's kind of like a fast-forward shot. And the place that you see is a warehouse. You can tell by the major road that the warehouse is off of. It's kind of set back from this road a little bit. But you can tell that it is down in Warwick. And then your vision returns to normal. There's...
2: A warehouse down in Warwick, and apparently whoever it is that you're looking for is down there. I also saw, apparently into the past, and your partner, the church. I'm not sure what that has to do with what I saw. Perhaps they're tied to that warehouse? Hmm. A warehouse in Warwick. Yes, I can lead you there after our lunch is over.
3: And I think Alex is going to stand up and push the hash browns over towards Alistair. You should eat. Fighting tends to tire you out, and you don't want to get shaky for this. And then he's just going to walk outside. Uh, I got one more call to make.
5: Jeremiah will pursue Alex, because he wants to ask him a question in private.
0: All right, so our shot lingers for a moment on Alistair eating these hash browns, and then we're going to cut back to... Silk yelling out a window, do you need help? And Victor plummeting with a dead demon.
1: So I'm actually going to sigh and jump out the window too. I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I am going to cash in a debt on Victor to use one of my fairy magics, particularly shapeshifting. And I'm going to turn into some class of giant bird that could pick him up. Actually, why, why don't we go with a giant vulture or something? Let's make it creepy. Then I'm just going to go fly down and, um, assuming I can talk. Do I have your consent to save you? Just do it. Yeah, and then I'm going to go claws into Victor's. It might hurt to do that, though.
0: I would like you to roll to escape the situation.
1: That is a solid ten.
0: So on a 10 plus, choose one. And I'm going to also allow you inflict one harm on Victor as an option.
1: Yeah, I think I might have to sink my claws into him to get a good grip.
0: And Victor, are you going to hold on to the dead demon body? Or are you dropping it?
4: That was what I was going to do if I uh, needed to help.
0: Well, you don't need to help. So you can hold on and not drop a half human, half demon into the middle of downtown.
4: At, in, in the golden hour, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'll keep hold on that for now. I fly us back up to the penthouse.
0: All right. So Silk and Victor and a dead Kyle are back in the penthouse. Victor is still a werewolf.
4: Victor immediately uh, like pulls the body in towards the center of the uh, room, away from the uh, window that is broken. I'm going to eat this guy. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, In detail because we've got that veil, but uh, Victor chows down and this is an attempt to let it out.
0: All right. Roll to let it out.
4: That is a five.
0: Okay. So with eating him, what does that do for you?
4: It doesn't do anything mechanically. I was going to use it as a justification for healing myself.
0: So you're able to dispose of the body in this manner. So, you know, you got that benefit. It doesn't really like help you heal at all. I think you need to mark a corruption for this. Absolutely, I'll take a corruption move. It sits a little weird on your stomach.
4: This is a demon. This was a mistake. That makes sense.
0: But the body's gone.
1: Silk watches the eating going on for a while until he gets bored and then starts looking for anything that looks interesting in the penthouse. So if I can give for a, get for Jeremiah.
0: Roll to investigate a place of power with Wild.
1: That is an eleven.
0: All right. So- so you start kind of just investigating this penthouse. It clearly hasn't been lived in by Kyle for long. You know, it's, it's got that shiny newness of clean apartment on it that a baseball player doesn't keep. And when you go back into his bedroom, you feel kind of like a strong feeling of both fear and desire specifically kind of gathered around his wardrobe.
1: Around his wardrobe? Yes.
0: And on a 10 plus, you can ask the MC one question about the schemes and politics of the faction in question.
1: Cool. Does it have to be directly related to stuff I just found out or can it be a more general question?
0: Uh, it can be a more general question.
1: Cool. Who's going to be mad at us for uh, killing Kyle here?
0: The demon that had a contract with Kyle? Niberius.
1: Is that a name that I might know and able to put a... A face to it?
0: You can try.
1: That is also an 11.
0: So Nibirius is um, one of the upper chaps of hell. He has many demons who answer to him. And it takes a very strong-willed human to make a pact with him. So he kind of struggles to actually be able to get to come to the human realm and normally has to send underlings to do his bidding. Lovely. On a 10+, plus, you've dealt with them before. Learn something interesting and useful about them, or they owe you a debt. Silk, are we about to learn something very interesting about your past? I can't not take that debt. <laughs> How have you met him in your past?
1: I think I'm going to reveal, at least for the, the audience, a little bit more about my past here in that I was in a position to deal with him back in Arcadia. We we had regular dealings. I don't know exactly what why they owe the debt, but
0: He likes gambling. Did you did you beat him at his own own game once? Oh,
1: that sounds that sounds good. Alright. Like I, I'm imagining like a chessboard with actual living people on it, and we're moving them around with rules that we don't actually understand and and I'm kind of like taunting him as a, oh, you know I'm going to win, don't you? Just, I checkmated you three moves ago.
0: It caused a minor land war.
1: So like is friends with a demon, y'all.
0: When you open the wardrobe, you are able to find um, a book on summoning demons.
1: I will take that then. I'm going to flip through it while uh, Vicar finishes his meal.
0: As we get that shot of Victor finishing his meal and Silk casually reading up on summoning demons and making packs with them, we jump back to Alex, who has stepped outside, followed by Jeremiah. I
3: think Alex is going through his phone to find a very particular uh, contact, and he kind of looks over at Jeremiah. Is there something I can help you with?
5: Uh, Yes, before you uh, take off. Uh, I need to ask you a question and I'd prefer to do it free of any um, double entendres and veils. So I'm cashing in a, in a debt to make you answer a question honestly. Cool. What do you know about a man named Axel Simon?
3: Axel Simon. Uh, so me, the player, not a whole lot. I'm assuming I'm going to need to put a face to a name for this.
0: Yes, roll to put a face to a name and then I'll tell you what you know. That's a seven. Alex, you have actually heard of Axel Simon before. You have not personally met him because he lives out in Shadydale. You do know that he is a werewolf with some very extreme ideology about um, werewolf-human relations and that they probably really shouldn't be a thing. And he's a bit of an isolationist. Is he part of
3: the extended uh, Margaret family or...
0: He is not part of the Margaret pack. He has his own pack.
3: So I kind of look over at Jeremiah. He's a werewolf. Lives in Shadydale. Fairly reclusive sort. Why, what's up?
5: Oh, uh, someone I know is, uh, uh seems to have gotten a bit of a wrong side of him. And I'd like to correct that uh, as soon as possible.
3: Mm. I can tell you from experience, being on the wrong side of a werewolf is no fun. What kind of trouble is your friend in
5: that uh is stuff you don't need to know about alex listen jeremiah and i'm gonna kind of
3: take just a moment to close my eyes and for for a second alex looks just very 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 tired i'm gonna put my phone in my pocket for a second put a hand on his shoulder listen i have never told you how i died it wasn't pretty Eight pieces, Jeremiah, and I didn't even do anything to those wolves. So whatever trouble your friend is in, I can help, but I need to know what they did. And I'm actually trying to trigger an intimacy move, because I have told you a secret about myself, specifically how I died. If that uh, if that feels intimate to you. It does. Okay, so I have told you a secret, which means, unfortunately, you owe me a debt and enter my web.
5: All right. Are you cashing in that debt to make me answer a question honestly? I am not. Jeremiah will not budge and just uh, lock gazes with you. If I need your help in this particular matter, should it heat up, I will call you. Until then, you don't need
3: to know. Fine. We all have our secrets. Now if you'll excuse me. And I'm just going to take my phone back out.
5: Jeremiah will return to the Waffle House and go back to drinking terrible coffee.
3: And the contact I'm looking through my phone for, uh, I definitely know where it is, but was just killing time, you know, because Jeremiah was there. I'm calling Ilyana Margaret.
0: I think she picks up. You get a couple of rings and then a... Yes.
3: There is a warehouse in Warwick. Earlier today, a vampire named Zhu confronted me. He has taken a friend of mine. I am going to be there shortly after sundown. Ileana, tonight is the full moon. We don't get along, but in this, I am hoping that you will help me.
0: Are you hoping or are you telling me?
3: (sighs) I would prefer to do the former, but I don't suspect that you would say yes. So allow me to say this. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine infiltrated your station. Your force is deeply corrupt. Now. I could make that a problem for you, but I'd rather not. And for tonight, I do not need the police. I need the wolf. So, can you be there?
0: I'll be there. Thank
3: you. And I hang up.
0: We cut back to the penthouse where Silk, as Victor is wrapping up, your phone jingles with a text message.
1: Cool, I'll go read it.
0: It is from Anna, and it says 5.30 p.m., and there is an address.
1: Is it a warehouse in Warwick? Yes, it is. Then I'm going to send a text to Jeremiah with an address, and just says um, uh, Fatima and the address. And time, I guess. Time would probably be helpful. I'll look at
5: my phone, nod, and put my phone back in my pocket.
1: We're all going to Warwick that maybe Victor.
0: Victor wants to talk to Fatima.
1: Victor, um, do you have a way of moving around when you're like this?
4: Yeah, I've got... He stands up and then, like, falls to his knees as, like, blood gushes out of a gaping chest wound?
1: Hmm. That doesn't look particularly healthy.
4: Nope. That's... All right. Um, could I get a little help with this silk? Yeah. I will absolutely do that. I'm going to cash in a debt I have on you.
1: Oh God, just, I, I know this blood isn't, well, some of this blood is yours. Um, just lie back and I'll help you with this. Just one moment.
4: Yeah. It looks like I'm not going anywhere.
1: Take your time. So Silk leans Victor onto like a couch. And starts running his finger along the edges of the wound, sort of like exploring it. And then he, just like with Alex earlier, he leans in to kiss it. And I will be marking another corruption, because I love corruption, to heal two wounds on Victor. And probably uh, do my intimacy move.
0: Yeah, I I would say that sounds pretty intimate still.
1: So when you share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, demand a promise from them. If they refuse you or break the promise, they owe you two debts. The promise uh, I would like you to make is you will help me uh, acquire Fatima.
4: Yeah, I'll do my best. Lovely. When I share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, I create a primal bond with them. I always know where to find them and when they're in trouble. This bond lasts until the end of the next session. Thank you, Silk.
1: Well, um, I have a date in Warwick, and I'd love your assistance. And I I fill him in on uh, my meeting with Fatima soon.
4: I can meet you there, but I have to wait till the sun goes down to move out of here.
1: That'll work just fine. I will meet you there. Um, did you want the elevator key, or uh, will you find your own way down?
4: Yeah, that would be helpful.
1: Cool. I open the elevator... Uh, And then I give him the key and make my way down.
0: So Silk, Jeremiah and Victor are all going to go to the warehouse shortly. I think like we're getting pretty close to the time that it's going to be for the meeting. It should be sundown before then or just about as we established. It's winter and in the Midwest, it gets dark real early in the winter. Alex is also going to be going there. Ileana's going to be there for very different reasons.
2: Alistair is going to be following Jeremiah wherever he goes, because I cashed in a debt several episodes ago and still haven't gotten my hands on that ring.
0: The two of you are drinking bad coffee and eating hash. Alex, did you go back in or did you just leave?
2: I actually am also kind of
3: worried about Alistair because he got a little bit banged up in there and he is mostly human. uh, And also he is supposed to be
2: leading me to this warehouse. To be fair, Alistair's only injury is, like, burns on his wrists. Yeah, I forget how fragile people are. He basically just had a fairly bad cooking accident, though.
0: Yeah, gonna leave some gnarly scars. So, the three of you are back inside the Waffle House, drinking your coffee.
2: So, Jeremiah, about that ring we discussed the other day, I haven't quite made time in my schedule to meet up with you yet. Do you
5: happen to have it on hand? Uh, it should be back in my car if you want to come and take a look at it.
2: Yes, it'll be a fair little while before I'm able to do what I want with it, but perhaps I'll tag along and see where the night takes us until that point. Quick question about what time of day is it at this point?
0: It's probably getting to be like four o'clock-ish.
3: So at that point, seeing that uh, Alistair is more or less okay... I am going to see myself out because I have some arrangements to make before this evening. Alistair, I'll meet you in Warwick this evening shortly.
2: Yes, I'll see you there and hopefully things go better this evening than they did this morning. I highly doubt it, but thank you.
0: So Alex gets up and leaves Cass's notebook in hand and our camera stays on Alistair and Jeremiah. Are you sitting on the same side of the booth or on opposite sides of the booth? Uh,
5: it would have been the same side, so Jeremiah is going to uh, switch over to the other side, so he's facing Alistair. Alistair, um, I know we've never really been friends or, given our personalities, ever really will be friends.
2: Stealing someone's bag tends to have that effect on a relationship.
5: Uh, let's leave a bag out of this. Uh, just Personality-wise, we don't get along. Nevertheless, I do find myself feeling some admiration for you, and I figure, overcoming troubles, it would be much better to be somewhat tense allies than heading towards enemies, like we are doing right now. Your name carries some weight, if slightly diminished. And someone of your talents is uh, always going to be useful for the network. So he's going to reach into his bag and... My bag? He's going to reach inside Sophus and pull out the ring. Well, the jewelry box that is keeping the ring. Jeremiah will pop the uh, case open, slide it across. As a gesture of good faith, um, you can keep the ring.
2: And... What is it that you want in return,
5: exactly? The ring? Nothing. Except at least, we don't consider killing each other on sight. For the time being.
2: I think that can be manageable. And Alistair will shake Jeremiah's hand.
5: Now would you say this qualifies for intimacy?
2: I think it would,
5: Yes. Alright, so when you share a moment of intimacy with the scholar, case emotional, you get another debt on me, and I have leads on what you desire, so you can ask me to find an item for you.
2: So, that's one more debt from Jeremiah. And then when I share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, decide whether you care about them or not. If you don't, they go about their business as normal. If you do, some other stuff happens but honestly, Alistair does not care very much about Jeremiah right now. As you said, this is a very tenuous relationship, so your business goes on as normal. Cool.
5: Did you want me to find an item for you? Because that's part of a move.
2: Do I have to do that right now, or can I hold that for later?
5: Oh, uh, You can hold that for later.
2: Okay, because I can't think of anything that Alistair wants at the moment, aside from his bag.
0: Alright, do the two of you want to do anything else before the going to the warehouse in Warwick?
5: Oh, by the way, Alistair, um, acquaintance of mine is starting up a uh, project, preserving old books by doing uh, digital scans of them. And Word for the Great Vine says that you have a number of tomes you know, in your family's possession. That you, like, committed into this record.
2: Who is this acquaintance?
5: Uh, a woman by the name of Felicia Malcolm. I don't think you've heard of her.
2: Oh, that sounds like a move I can make.
0: That does sound like a move you can make. Would you like to roll to put a face to a name using mortality? That's an eight. You have actually heard of Felicia Malcolm's. She is particularly skilled at finding dangerous and cursed objects that tend to be on more of the offensive end. She is part of the Arcane Network, and she works almost exclusively with humans, humans being mortality and power. She doesn't tend to deal with vampires, demons, fae, what have you.
2: So you ask that I allow her access to my
5: library? I would be doing the scanning. I'll favor for her. She's interested in these tomes. She's got everything that's going on. I said, I said, some free time. And, you know, I have your phone number. So just be a couple hours. I come over the scanner, work through these books, and I'm on my way.
2: As long as I am there to supervise, I suppose. Well, we are partners after all. So,
5: do we have a date?
2: I don't care for the D word. We have an arrangement.
5: Very well. Uh, I'll pop over at a more convenient time when this all hullabaloo is wrapped up. Uh, I'll get the check, considering that uh, Alex has gone away. And I'm feeling in a particularly generous mood today.
0: Speaking of Alex, Alex, what sort of arrangements are you making for this evening?
3: Well, I assume we did not go too far to the Waffle House. So first off, I need to go get my vehicle, which is still in a parking garage. And I need to head up to Point Claire to grab a sword because I feel like I'm going to get in a fight and I would like something more than my bare hands. And I need to eat, uh, which is unfortunate because getting into a fight relatively injured is not a smart move. And Alex is, you know, pragmatic about that.
0: So we get those couple of shots of Alex getting his car, going to his shop slash house and getting his sword. How are you going about hunting?
3: I'm going to head down to Warwick and ideally I would like to see if there's anyone around this um, warehouse. If there's someone that might be, you know, wandering around and kind of like casing the place or, you know, guarding the place, that would be an easy target. If not, I think he's probably just going to abstain. But if there is someone in the area that he could, he probably would.
0: We're going to go back to that one to do it last. That's fair. Victor, Silk, are either of you making preparations for this evening? Victor, I know you're stuck in a penthouse.
1: Uh, Silk needs to go find Alex. He's supposed to be keeping tabs on him.
0: Yeah, Silk. How are you going about doing that?
1: Well, I mean, I will probably find him in the parking garage because my car is also parked there. And I think he has further to go. So I think I would be waiting by his car. And I'll just be straight up front that uh, Anna was stalking him and that now I've been tasked with keeping tabs on him.
0: Alex, when you get to your car, Silk is there waiting for you.
3: Okay. Alex, at this point, has had a bit of a day. So he's just going to motion to the car. Get in. I'm in a hurry. Wonderful.
1: Um... Alex lets me into his car as he texts Anna. Silk isn't doing any real preparations. He's just hanging out with Alex. I was just going to ask, are
3: are you still informing Alex uh, that you are intentionally watching him for Anna?
1: Yep. Okay.
3: Alex does not give a single shit.
0: Alex is probably fully aware of the fact that Anna's been stalking him at this point. Yeah, I mean, when he saw
3: her in the alleyway, he can at least put two and two together.
0: Victor, are you doing anything else while you're stuck in the penthouse?
4: I've got a couple phone calls to make. Which will be interesting.
0: All right, let's start making them.
4: The first is going to be Jeremiah. Victor holds his phone in one hand and then with his pinky finger, like, manipulates the phone. His claws get in the way. He's just trying to use it. It's a little hard, but eventually he gets the call to Jeremiah.
5: Jeremiah will pick up. Durr. So good to hear from you again, old boy. How can I help you? You called. I did. Um, there was some information I needed from you, but I have already acquired it. Good. Did you need anything from me? Um. Also, your voice sounds much different. Very deep. I've come down with something. Really? Hmm. Does it involve lots of hair and pointy teeth. I think it's around that time of a month for you.
4: You could say that.
5: Oh dear. Well, I do hope you feel better soon.
4: You wanted to go talk to Fatima with me.
5: Yes, I did. Well, I mean, more see her than talk to her.
4: She's going to be at a warehouse.
5: Uh, yes. I did also recently acquire that information as well.
4: I might meet you there.
5: Sounds good. It's not too long from now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be pretty close to a deadline I have to meet. I do need to run one more errand. Uh, for heading out that way
4: all right goodbye
5: talk to you later victor
4: then he's gonna call his mom
0: it barely rings before she picks up uh hello victor what do you need
4: i've changed a little early this this month
0: i know i could tell as soon as you did it
4: Mm -hmm. there's going to be something at um the penthouse what's the name of this fucking building it's owned by the Merciers. I don't remember which one. It's across the street from that fucking parking lot.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, okay. I know the one.
4: There's a mess up here. If you could handle it, I'd be greatly appreciated.
0: Uh, I personally can't go, but I can send some of the force. Our people in the force.
4: It's clean up. The mess is made, so, yeah. Thanks, Mom. All
0: right. Be careful tonight, okay? And (laughs) Astrid expects to see you in the morning.
4: I won't be able
0: to miss it. Good. I love you. Love you too, Mom. Bye. Jeremiah, was there something else you wanted to do or? Yeah,
5: so this is the scene I wanted to do with someone from Jeremiah's past. So I'm rolling to hit the streets with mortality.
0: All right. Who are you hitting up and for what? He calls himself
5: Mercer. Uh, That's the only name I know he goes by. And my family used to deal with him back in Toronto. And I need a weapon from him. Preferably a gun and hopefully silenced.
0: Roll to hit the streets with mortality. That is a partial success. Okay, So on a hit, they're available and they have the stuff. On a seven to nine, you can choose one. They're either juggling their own problems or whatever you need is more costly than anticipated.
5: I'm going to go with it's more costly than anticipated.
0: Where do you find him?
5: Uh, What was the bad part of town? Oh, five points.
0: All right. So you are in five points and it's a door that's three down from Midnight Roses that you knock on. You can hear somebody, like, look through the peephole, and then the door clicks as a couple of locks are undone, and it opens, and you see Mercer standing there, leaning in the doorway. Oh, Leonard, I didn't expect to see you here.
5: I honestly didn't expect you to be in the city, given everything that went down when I left. Mind if I come in? I'm feeling a little exposed especially since uh, i don't go by leonard anymore
0: i say feeling a little not yourself i bet come in come in his apartment is definitely shady
5: i, I would expect nothing less
0: it's exactly what you're imagining when i say it's definitely a little shady what can i help you with old boy
5: i need a weapon preferably something uh, that's not going to alert my neighbors if you've got that on hand
0: those are on short supply right now. uh fucking brigade has been buying all of them up in the city. I have a f- one left, but what do you got for it?
5: I, judging by your tone, this is going to be something more than cash, isn't it?
0: I know the type of business you're in. What is your name now?
5: Jeremiah. Well, to be more formal... Lord Jeremiah Roderick Crawford the Third, Earl of Scarborough. I put the Scarborough in just for a little humor.
0: Uh-huh, sure, whatever. Oh, it's 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 good, don't get me wrong, but I will keep remembering, Jeremiah, if you have a little something for me. A little extra pizzazz. I'm I don't trust the way this neighborhood is going that dipshit who killed the last baron I don't know what he thinks he's doing but what do you got that can help the old friend or a new one out
5: are uh, you looking for home defense something to make a quick escape I've got lots of things
0: quick escape sounds particularly good do you still have those rings from your father
5: uh, I do have the rings however they are not for sale at this point in time.
0: Well, convince me. What do you have that's worth my last gun?
5: Jeremiah will reach into his coat and pull out a little wind-up bird. Uh, this little fellow will set off an absolutely insufferable, ear-piercing shriek that should wake up, hopefully, the whole block. Anyone attempting to mess with you will be, well... Probably wishing they had uh, earplugs at that point, but also attracting any considerable amount of attention. Probably any nearby police are going to come running, good Samaritans, and, you know, remember to wear earplugs, and that leaves you a straight shot at running away.
0: Roll to persuade an NPC.
5: That is an 8.
0: So on a 7 and 9, they modify the terms or demand a debt. I'll take it, but expect me to uh, call on Jeremiah in the future.
5: Jeremiah will hand him a business card. Just in case you need to contact me.
0: Antiques, of course. And he gives you the gun that you're looking for. Silenced. Probably a handgun, I'm assuming. Yep. And we circle back to Silk and Alex, who are the first two to arrive down in Warwick, since Alex has some business of his own to attend to. So you see somebody with one of the... uh, brigade jackets on standing guard but they appear to have a snoozed off a little bit
3: well that actually does make this a little more complicated uh so i think i very much need to abscond with them to have a little snack so we just see the one person yes okay and if they are dozing off uh it's legitimately just going to be a grab like hand around the mouth and then pull them into a, into a side street for a chomp.
0: All right. Roll your eternal hunger. Oh, here we go. That's an eight. All right. So on a seven to nine, you get to choose two.
3: So I need to heal a harm. Do I want to learn a secret or do I want them to not die? You know what? If Zhu is working with the brigade I think that is important enough right now, given that Cass is in danger, that Alex is going to learn the secret and just take the risk.
0: You chomp down memories and thoughts of this woman filling your mind's eye, and you get that glimpse of Fatima and Jew talking, making an exchange, and then this woman letting Jew feed on her. And as you get that glimpse, it's almost like his eyes meet yours in this vision, and she goes slack in your arms.
3: Is she uh, full-on dead at this point? Yes. Well, going to very gently lay her down, hopefully, you know, behind a bush or, you know, a bunch of boxes or something to, you know, obscure from direct line of sight for the moment, and close her eyes, and then just wherever he's at, I think... He's gonna look back over to Silk. Well, this is going to get messy.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at St. Fleur Pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. You can find us on Patreon at the link in the episode description. Unable to be a patron but still want to support us? Make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on your podcatcher so others can see how much you're enjoying what you're hearing. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast MC'd and edited by Caitlin Cornell. You can find her on Twitter at SuperCaitlin1. Alistair, who can glimpse the future and yet has no clue what's going on, is voiced and played by Andy. You can find him on Twitter at AndyLion92. Alex, who can fix everyone's shoddy firing but can't protect his human friends, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at TayUFace. Silk, who only helps you with your consent, even if it'll kill you, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor, who should probably invest in a phone with a voice assistant, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore JE. And finally, Jeremiah, or should I say Leonard Symes, is voiced and played by Matthew. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman. It is published by Magpie Games you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial. The intro music used in this episode was "Epic Unease" by Kevin MacLeod. You can find his work at incompotech.com. The outro music used in this episode is "Dark Carnival VL" by Paratune. You can find their work at paratune.com. Farewell, dear listener. We'll see you next time you visit Saint Fleur.